listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather. And I am back after, oh, quite a while uh, doing a new podcast here. And it has been even longer since I've done a phone interview because of uh, various issues with my phone recording equipment. It just frustrates the heck out of me. And uh, speaking of frustrating the heck out of me, I'm joined by Kelly Meister. (laughs) <laughs> the crazy critter lady show, <laughs> from uh should we say northern ohio uh northwest yeah somewhere in there all right and uh kelly has written a book which we are going to talk about i do want to tell my listeners that even though i haven't done a podcast in quite a while that i'm still fulfilling the terms of my agreement with pet life radio Uh-oh. in doing a podcast every week it just is only every week if you live on jupiter In fact, maybe more than every week, because on Jupiter, I was just reading that a year is 12 Earth years long. So I think think I'm in the ballpark. Um, But we've had too much stuff happening here lately. That's one reason uh, that um, I haven't done a podcast besides... Bob? Yes. Are you podcasting in a parallel universe as well? We don't know. (laughs) I probably have more listeners in a parallel universe. That's for darn sure. I think that's where they all are. I think they're trying to find me. (laughs) Among the things that have been happening is uh, just today, Linda caught a stray cat in our live trap that was coming around. And uh, we thought it was a male. We'd been calling him Harold, but we just found out from the vet it's a female. So the name will be Harriet. But we're not keeping the cat because she's quite wild. And we found a really nice woman not too far from us who has a bunch of barn cats, but there are really safely kept barn cats because she has a large fenced-in area so that they um, never escape and come to any harm, and she just loves cats. And we just couldn't stand seeing the stray. She looked like her health wasn't very good. There, there'd be days when she wouldn't eat very well. We couldn't approach her too closely, and plus with winter coming up, I didn't want her to go through cold winter. Do you, do you get strays? Kelly? I don't know. I've, there there are one or two cats who have wandered by with some regularity, but I don't know whether they're strays or whether people are still foolish enough to let their cats outside. Well, we're, we definitely know that people are foolish enough to leave their cats outside, because I've done that until recently. But actually, uh, since uh, Harriet started coming around, we stopped letting Franny outdoors. And so now okay. all of our cats are exclusively indoor cats, and I feel... Yay. I feel much uh, better about it. Other things that happened, uh, raccoons broke into our goose pen, and uh, three or four times they didn't hurt anything, but I hurt my back trying to uh, 
fix it. So that was fun. Let's see, uh, a well pipe broke just recently, and it cost us $1,400 to fix that. Holy cow. Uh, lightning damaged my computer. I had to get a new one, and just the software was 900 bucks. Yeah, because it was all this Adobe stuff, and I had to have it. Um, it's a good thing you're a multi-millionaire from YouTube best-selling books. I was going to um, say, this wouldn't be so bad if I actually had a more lucrative job than being yeah. a part-time writer. Also, our pet sitter broke our one and only toilet in the house while Linda and I were gone for a couple of days, and the less said about that, the better. Oh, I was going to ask for details on no, that. That sounds like the no, most confusing no, at all. No, not good. And then the last thing I will mention uh, that uh, threw me a little bit is that uh, probably for the last 14, well, maybe not 14 years, the last 10 years, I've been talking about the title of my new book, The Funnel of Happiness, and I've been defunneled. The book is still coming out in March or April 2012, but uh, my publisher was not crazy about the title. Think of that. So but I told you about this, didn't I, Kelly? Yeah. Okay. I, and I was as bummed as you were. I, I you know, I, I hate having to give up control of my, you know, my baby. We're going to talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what happened was they wanted a different title because the editorial board met, and they just thought it took too much explaining. I, I think I talked before how the title came about, and um, just because we had a cat that wore one of those cone collars because uh, she had an injury, and it turned out she got spoiled so much that the cone was her funnel of happiness. <laughs> and my, my publishers just wanted something more direct. And they wanted something that was more like enslaved by ducks. And I got to tell you, they came up with one title, which is one of the worst titles I've ever heard. It was Entrapped by Cats. Oh, that is bad. No, not good. And so I was trying to come up with something, and Linda came up with just a, a perfect title. I just love it. It's in the vein of Enslaved by Ducks, and it gets across that idea, and it's kitty-cornered. Yes, I like so, that a lot. So that, that's what the book is going to be. It's going to be called Kitty-Cornered. Yeah, I like that more all the time. I think that's... Uh, it's it's got, growing on you. Yeah. It's, oh, I loved it right away, but I, I like it even more all the time. It's got kitty right in the title, mm -hmm. and so cat people, you know, I, I think um, it'll just make a more immediate impression than the funnel of happiness. So, so there we yeah. go with that. Yeah. So, speaking of books, it can be frustrating working with publishers, and a lot of authors these days are choosing alternatives to that. Kelly, you've, you've yeah. got a new book out. What's your book called? It's called Crazy Critter Lady. What a surprise. You are the Crazy Critter Lady, aren't you? <laughs> I wanted to keep it simple, something I could remember. Yeah, Crazy Critter Lady, and let's start right off by telling people how they get it. Uh, BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. Either one, just type Crazy Critter Lady in the search engine, and there you will be. Okay, and um, you were able to maintain control of your book, huh? Creative control. You, you got to put exactly what you wanted to in it. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other. I mean, I would have liked to have had a conventional publisher, but then again, you give up some things, like control of your project. And I thought you were going to say control of your product, because work, working with a publisher, that's unfortunately what it feels like a lot, that you're just putting out a product like making a hamburger. Well, you, you kind of technically are in a business sense. You know, I mean, that's it, it, That's what it is. It's a product that they are offering to sell to the masses. And I totally get it from their end, but it's still, I kind of envy you 
because you were able to do exactly 100% from title to every word that mm -hmm. you wanted, right? I was. Uh, and it's interesting, though, backing up just a second, when you said that, that you, your publishers kind of wanted Enslaved by Ducks, you know, take two. Because I've been saying to people, one of the re big reasons I think I haven't been able to get a publisher was because I didn't write Marley and Me Too. And they all want the thing that's already successful. Because as Ann Minnie, uh, who you, you know, introduced me to, writer herself, Ann Minnie said, uh, that 80% of the new books being published are self-published. So, I mean, that really narrows the focus and the market and the money available for conventionally published books. So they're really being very careful about what they will print. And what they will print is Marley and Me 1, Marley and Me 2, Marley and Me 3, et cetera, et cetera. They want the same thing sort of regurgitated, and they really don't want to take a chance on something a little different. Um, and that was really frustrating. And after years of sort of waiting for, you know, something didn't happen, I thought, you know, I could be... I could self-publish and start making money now, so I might as well just do that. And by making money, I don't mean, you know, hundreds of thousands. I mean, like, tens and twenties. Um, but, yeah, I had 100% uh, control over it, and, and it was it was a lot of fun, and it was a very interesting process. It took longer than I expected. I thought it would be about a month, but to do it right, to catch all the typos, to make sure every T was crossed and I was dotted, it actually took more like three and a half months. Yeah, but let's let's compare it. I handed in my book to my publisher last October, I think. That long, yeah. And long it's ago. not, and uh, because they were busy on other projects, they didn't get to it for a few months, and it won't come out till March 2012. Yeah. So that's a long time. That's, yeah, that's over a year for heaven's sake. Let's give Ann Minnie a quick plug since you mentioned her. Ann Minnie, it's A-N-N-E-M-I-N-I. -N -N -I. Uh, she has a wonderful website for uh, people who want to get books published or who you know want to publish them themselves or try and find an agent. It's called Author Author, and she's just got a wealth of knowledge, and she's a wonderful person. So check out her website. It's com. So just wanted to get that out there. Yes. So... The, the process was really probably easier than it used to be getting books self-published because is yours kind of a print-on-demand thing? That's exactly what it is. And I'd actually talked to a guy who had self-published, I'm going to say, uh, he self-published a number of books, but back when I talked to him, it was still kind of in its early days, and, and you had to buy, you know, X amount of books, and he said he had invested a minimum of $10,000 in the right. process. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane because who's got that kind of money? And that was not the case now. There's a program through Amazon. Actually, there are two. There's a do-it-yourself one that's free. Um, but you got to be someone who, who for whom that sort of thing is easy. See, computers and I hate each other. So it did not work out for me. And I paid money, uh, which I'll just go ahead and say it was 500 bucks, for their uh, team to put everything together for me. And wow, it's that's worth a, every penny. That's a great deal. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and you get, you know, you get uh, this, uh, a fair amount of distribution. You get um, a finished product that you, you know, you dictate the terms. You decide the font. You decide, you know, where everything's going to be on the right page, on the left page. I uh, wrote to them because they have a team, you know, three or four people that were working on my project, and we would email back and forth. 
And I asked them at one point, they have these little weird uh, icon things that you put at the beginning of chapters. It's just a little decorative feature, and I forget what they're called, but it's just some, you know, there were several to choose from, and I, I emailed them and said, can you do critter icons instead, like a duck for the duck chapter oh. and a horse for the horse chapter? And they said, yes, we can. Cool. And that was terrific fun, being able to design to that degree. That's great. That's really it cool. It was fun. I oh, what's the name it a lot, of, and I would do it again. What's the name of that book again? Crazy Critter Lady. Crazy Critter. And uh, you, you wouldn't happen to have a website, would you? Uh, you know, in fact, I do, Bob. And strangely enough, the website is called crazycritterlady.com. All right. And all one word, huh? Crazycritterlady.com. And you would, you know, it's too bad you don't have a blog. You know, now that you mention it, I actually did magically create one about uh, two years ago. Did you? <laughs> it's, oh, dear. Lord. Wow, time oh. travel. Yeah, I know. We're going back in time, and yet somehow we're still in the present. Uh, it's Kelly's Critter Talk at blogspot.com. Okay, and if that's too much for people to remember, they can go to crazycritterlady.com, and they can find a link, right? Yep. Because that's what I do, because I forget all the time. Yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, and you're on Facebook. I'm on. I'm buddy. I am doing the Twitter now, which I, I'm told it's very unhip to call it the Twitter, which is why I said I'm on Twitter and Facebook and MySpace and LinkedIn. But I have no idea what LinkedIn. No, is, so I, I don't know what I'm doing there. No, I'm on LinkedIn, but for some reason. I got into it a couple of years ago and jumped to Facebook instead. And um, oh, okay. so, but people can look for you on Facebook and friend you. Yes, they can. I am. I am wide open. Anyone Me too. Can go there. Me too. Yeah. Good. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're nearly at the halfway mark. So as soon as we come back from the station break and from the supposed advertisers, we'll actually. Um, concentrate on what's what the book is about okay so okay. you are listening to what were you thinking by the author of kitty cornered haha <laughs> and uh my guest is kelly meister the author of the crazy critter lady and we're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back what were you thinking we'll be right back after bob gets the ducks out of his living room don't go away. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco, where the healthy pets go. Enter the code WHAT, W-H-A-T, and save 10% on orders of $65 or more, plus free shipping at Petco.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash what, W-H-A-T, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. 
I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash thinking and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash thinking. T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling out in the world trips or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on a super smiley adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys. In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, you're back again with Bob Tart and Kelly Meister. Kelly, what's your book about? You know, it's about animals. What's that name again? What's the name of that book again? Crazy Critter Lady. Okay. And the book is about uh, critters. We've got uh, stories about all kinds of different uh, wonderful characters that I have known and loved. We've got, as I'm saying on my, vi- I've got videos out, but we should we should plug uh, YouTube because I'm Crazy Critter Lady One. That's my channel, and we've got uh, cats, ducks, horses, chipmunks, you name it. We got it all in one book. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I read that book. You did. Yeah, I, I did. I did. Just, now here's the main question. The million dollar question: Do you still have it, or did you? Use Find the bird pages. Well, remember, I only had loose pages. Yeah. So I don't have the book yet. Oh, okay. So yeah, my you had the, the manuscript. Right. So my guess is the pages of the book aren't going to do me a lot of good in the bird cages. Because uh, really? well, they'll, they'll poop on them, aren't they? Yeah, I know, but but they don't provide much coverage. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, I mean, Sorry if you about that. if you could get it printed in like a, a newspaper format, <laughs> that would help me. <laughs> But anyways, specifically for the bottom of your bird cages, right? <laughs> right, right. But anyway, yeah, it's a great book. I, I enjoyed it, and I wrote a blurb for it. In fact, yes, you did, and I, I stuck part of that on the back of the book. Cool. So yeah, that helped a lot. Thank you. Yeah, and what I liked about it, one of the things is um, what you're saying is that the there's numbers of different animals. Um, I love the horse stories, but let's let yeah, yeah, I, I love them. But let's start with the ducks. Let's start with those pond ducks in uh, Whoville. Whoville ducks. Those little thinkers uh, are are addictive in ways that I did not realize. You could actually do a sci-fi movie that, where the world is taken over by domestic ducks d- through their charm and guile. 
How did it start with, with you and the pond and all that? Well, I was living in uh, this crummy little dark apartment at one end of a subdivision. At the other end was this pond, and people had been dumping domestic flightless ducks down there for a few years. And I had no knowledge of ducks outside of, you know, mallards and migrating, and that's it. Uh, but I would walk down to the pond and back to get some exercise. And when I was down at the pond, I would see people feeding these bigger domestic ducks, and I got curious because they would come right up and, and eat food off the top of these people's shoes. It was terrific. They were very engaging. So I asked what they were feeding, and then I bought some, and I started going down there and feeding them. And it got to be addictive because they knew who I was. They recognized me. They would see me coming and start quacking and race towards <laughs> me, and it was just great. I mean, I was I was the duck's best friend, man. I mean, this was cool. I was, I was somebody special there. So, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there into feeding them more often and then, you know, getting to know who's who and then when there was an injured duck, taking him to the vet and then, of course, as you know, when there was an injured duck, they'd end up in my bathroom for a week being rehabbed. So it really did snowball over time from just an occasional thing to I'm now, you know, the official person in Whoville who's in charge of the ducks. And when you talk about feeding the ducks, you're not talking about yeah, you just happen to be there and you just happen to have some food. You would get up fairly early, especially when you live closer. In the period of time in the covered by the book, you, you would get up early and truck right over there, wouldn't you? Oh, I had it well timed because the, the the one downfall about the pond was it was very popular in the summertime with people. And um, I kids would, you know, would r- race up and scare all the ducks. What are you feeding them? Well, nothing now because you scared them off. So I learned to, uh, during the school, you know, in school's in session, I've got until school is out, which is, you know, pretty much morning until 2, 2.30, I can, you know, feed, work them into my schedule. But in the summertime, oh, yeah, first thing in the morning, clock went off, I got up, didn't even have breakfast, just dip out to the pond before anybody got there and then feed them and, of course, um, change out the, the uh, eggs in my plant duckhood uh, program. Yes, yes, so that they, because they don't, practice any kind of family planning, do they? Oh, my Lord, Bob. Honest to God, one duck this summer, one of the domestics laid over 40 eggs. Whoa. It was insane. I kept pulling them out. She, you know, I'm replacing them with chicken eggs. She'd add a few more. <laughs> She'd add a few more and a few more after that. One girl laid 22 eggs. It was insane. This was a crazy year for duck eggs. I can't, I should have bought stock and chicken eggs, seriously, because I bought so many to replace all the duck eggs with. And you weren't just going there in fair weather because I think you posted photo on Facebook of um, a snowstorm you were oh, in the yeah. middle of, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'll be out there in a blizzard. I mean, especially in the winter because there's, they, don't, they don't have any of the usual resources. The pond is mostly frozen over. Uh, they're not dabbling. There's no mud because it's buried in snow. Um, that's the only food they get is what I and the volunteers give them. So, yeah, I, I have been out there when the wind chill is like five degrees, uh, you know, blowing, drifting snow. I, the roads were impassable, and yet there I was like an idiot driving, you know, eight miles an hour uh, the whole way there just to get there in one piece to feed them. So, yeah, it's a serious commitment. People don't, you know, they, they see you feeding and they think, oh, that's cute. The ducks really like her. But they have no idea how much goes into this commitment. Let's talk about what you feed them, because there might be people listening who think that'd be a cool thing to do. 
but you don't really want to go there with a loaf of bread, right? Right, and I've seen I have seen graham crackers scattered on the beach. I've seen popcorn. I mean, people are dumping just all kinds of junk food, most of which attracts raccoons, which will fill the ducks. So if you're listening and you want to take something to the pond, please don't take junk food. Um, you can get cracked corn at you know any kind of um, grain outlet or um, you know the sort of store that that stocks. Uh, you know, a lot of bird food and, and things like that. Um, there's a brand called Missouri that you might be familiar with. I've never tried it. I don't know what's in it, but there are, there are several varieties of things out there. I buy cracked corn and I buy duck pellets and I mix them together so the ducks have a bit of a b- better balance in their diet. But that's not the only thing. Like I said, there's this Missouri feed that I don't know what's in it. I think it's gold nuggets because of the price. Okay, <laughs> got you. But well, um, steer clear of that. Then. Well, I, I wouldn't say that though, because Kim Link, who has the um, yeah. majestic waterfowl sanctuary, she absolutely swears by it and talks about sometimes getting birds in with really bad feather condition, and she puts them on Missouri for a while, and you know yeah. they end up looking beautiful. So, yeah. and we use it now and then, but I just I can't afford to use it every week. Okay, so evidently it's a little pricey. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's I'd say it's twice as much. As regular pellets. Wow. Yeah. That is pricey. Especially yep. when you're going through a lot of them. Yeah. And I do and you do. Yeah. And I, you know, I love the ducks, but I, I really can't afford to be buying gold nuggets for them. No, or you will be uh, going on a unicycle instead of a car. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the poor critter lady. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about, you got some great horse stories. One of my favorites is the story about the uh I can't remember the name of the horse, but the really big horse that... Toby. Toby? Toby. Yes, 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 Obi. And that's a great story. Why don't you talk about that? Because that was really a breakthrough for you with horses, wasn't it? It was, you know, I'm still learning that lesson, unfortunately. But he was, Obi was a stinker uh, long before I came along. And he belonged to a friend of mine whose daughter had done 4-H stuff with him. They trained, they worked together, they, they, they won. He was a champion of horse before my friend bought him. Um, and I think that was part of the problem because I was very beginning of novicehood. Um, I had, you know, like two years of riding lessons. It wasn't a lot. I was by no means an expert. I'm still not years later, but then I knew very little. And um, what I didn't realize was that Obi figured out that I knew very little. And he also knew that he knew more than I did. So he put me through hell every time I tried to interact with him on a working basis. If I just went out to the house and gave him an apple, he was fine. But when my friend said, you know, why don't you start riding him? I thought, well, great. I'll, I'll work with him on the ground and we'll get to know each other. And then I'll get in the saddle. Well, working with him on the ground was a misery after the first time because he he tested me. They all do this. Horses, every horse, doesn't matter who you, how much you know, they will test you to find out how much you know because they want somebody to lead them. And if you're not going to lead them, then they're just going to mess you their head. And he did this. Um, I would take him out and walk him around, and at some point he would just plant his feet and refuse to walk any further. And a thousand pound animal, so it's not like you can just pick him up and take him home like you could with a poodle. So there was that to contend with, and I never at that time found one good way to get him moving. I had to try all these different tricks that I had been told about, and sometimes they'd work and sometimes they wouldn't. Well, finally, I thought I'm going to get, I'm going to ride him, 
And uh, it, it was a, a situation where there was a window of opportunity before my friend had to be somewhere. And I, she made it clear that I was not to ride alone, which was fine. I didn't want to ride alone if no one was there. But the window of opportunity was closing while she kept trying to figure out how to put all the tack on him because it had been a long time since she'd done it. Finally gets the tack on him. I get on him. I have him walk. He walks fine. I ask him to trot. He absolutely refuses to do it. After a while, because I kept asking, he decided he'd had enough of this whole interaction and he just stopped walking. And I uh, was kind of at a loss for what to do. And I remembered my instructor said, you know, make him back up. That's kind of a punishment for horses. So I told him to back up. And he didn't like that either. So he decided to cop an attitude and he started backing up all on his own and literally just walked into things, backed into the fence, backed into his water bucket. He didn't care. And it was clear, he was clearly saying, you want me to back up? Okay, watch this. <laughs> and then he did. And I was alarmed because I had no control. I was telling him to stop and he was not stopping. And I finally hollered to my friend and said, look, I'm not doing this. He is making yeah. up, you know. And um, so that was very um, uncool. You don't want to be on the back of a horse that you have no control over. So I, I got off the horse and I did a, a thing called lunging, which is where you, you command them to walk, trot, and lope in circles around you when you tell them to, and they must keep doing it until you tell them to do something else. And I had a, uh, I borrowed a training whip from my friend, and you do not hit the horse with the whip ever, ever, ever. You you smack it kind of near them, and the sound is supposed to get them going. So I did this, and, and he uh, he finally conceded. He's okay, I'll let you be in charge for a while, which was the point of the lunging. You, you, you establish who's in control. So he, he let me know that he was going to let me be in charge for a while. And I, I got back on him, and I thought, well, you know, he's we're, we're kind of working in his living area. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, well, maybe if we go out in the yard, he'll feel differently. And sure enough, we go out in the yard, I asked him to trot, and he broke into the most beautiful trot wow. I've ever experienced in my life. But it took, you know, an, it took an enormous amount of, of mental effort for me to get him there because I'm not... You know, I was not a horsewoman, and he knew it, and he was never going to let me forget it. it. This was this was beneath his dignity to have to, you know, service someone who clearly did not know what they were doing, and he clearly deeply resented it. So it was um, it was humbling. Wow. Well, believe it or not, we're already at the 27-minute mark. Oh, out of, oh. But this is what I wanted uh, to say. What I love about this story is that, as I recall, this was a horse that the people, I wouldn't say they really gave up on him, but he was kind of losing interest and you kind of brought him back again by taking him out. And yes. so so you really kind of gave him a brand new lease on life. So yes. this wasn't even just about you learning to ride. This was about you doing something really, really great for him. I felt like it because, yeah, he'd been retired to the back 40, and he was alone back there. He had no other animals or horses. And, yeah, I, I you could tell that at some point he thought, well, she doesn't know a lot, but this could be interesting anyway, so I'll go along with it and see what happens. And that was how it went, yeah. Yep, that's cool. And you've got, just what are some of the other subjects in, in the book? You've got raccoon rescue. Frogs, uh, frog rescues, believe it or not. Um, chapter more about? Ducks, cats, several chapters about cats. Mice. Uh, chipmunk rehabilitation that I'm very pleased with. Uh, a bird, robin. Don't forget the mouse. And the, Oh, yeah, the mouse. <laughs> Yeah, mouse in the house. That I mean, poor guy, though. That was not a good ending. But yeah, lots of different creature species to choose from. So there's literally something for everybody. What's the name of that book? Crazy Critter Lady. And where do people find it? 
Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Uh-huh. And um, I'm guessing that they can also find you at CrazyCritterLady.com. And do you, do you have an email address listed on your website? I do. There's a link there that you can just go ahead and email me whenever you like. Good. And people can look for you on Facebook, too. And while they're at CrazyCritterLady.com, they can read your excellent blog. I always like reading that. You're, you're a fine writer. Oh, thanks so much, Bob. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me on today. Yeah, thanks so much. It's always good talking to you. We'll have you on again. And so this is uh, Bob Tart, and you have been listening to my interview with Kelly Meister, author of Crazy... Is it The Crazy Critter Lady or Crazy Critter Lady? plain old Crazy Critter Lady. No the need apply. So (laughs) thanks, Kelly. Thanks to my listeners. And thank you to my producer, Mark Winter. And uh, check out my website, bobtart.com. Look for me on Facebook and email me at bob at petliferadio.com. So uh, we will see you again on the podcast shortly, I guess, because I think uh, I'll be doing a show with Linda this week, too. So, so long. See you, Kelly. Bye, Bob. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart. Every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.